If you do not have the capacity to execute that strategy consistently and seamlessly, go find a simpler strategy that will make it easier for you to sell your services and collect money. Until you get to a point where you have the cash flow and you have the money and you have the capacity to apply more complicated strategies. Hey there, you're listening to the Jeracia Said Podcast, episode 48. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. So before we get into this episode, this is my favorite time, y'all. I want to give one of you a listener shout out. And this one goes to Aaliyah R. And here is what they said. Jerisha's style is so approachable. And I love that she keeps things so transparent. If you're looking for tangible strategies and tips to help you grow your service-based business, this is the place. Aaliyah, thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate your kind words. And if you would like to get featured on an upcoming episode during a listener shout out, all you have to do is subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Woo, another day, y'all, another day. And I wanted to just pop in, do some sharing with you guys on what the the last month has been like. I think so much, but I don't even think I know, so much is growing and changing and like evolving quickly for me and my business and my life. And I feel like I haven't done a true, true behind the scenes status update about like what's going on in Hot Custle headquarters, but like really what's going on as the business owner, as the entrepreneur behind the business and wanted to chat with you guys. So today I want to talk about the four P's of entrepreneurship. And I don't even know where to start right now. Like this, 2018 was tough. I've talked about that a bit in the business because 2018 was a year where I was really, really focused on repositioning my business model. What I mean by that is for the first year and a half in my business, I was in straight hustle mode meaning that I was just testing offers, creating a bunch of different offers, selling a bunch of different offers, like on straight hustle grind mode. And that hustle and grind mode hit its cap. I was able to get to a point in my business where I was able to quit my job and move into my dream apartment and get my dream dog, get involved in a healthy relationship with my boyfriend. Like all these things happened, but I hit my capacity on like my ability to hustle and grind the way that I was. So I made some very intentional and conscious decisions to pivot in my business model. And I think for all of you guys, it's something that there, maybe there's like five P's to entrepreneurship is knowing like the first thing, there's stages as you're evolving in your business and growing in your business where you have to have the agility and the courage to be able to pivot and do things differently than how you had done them before. So maybe there's five P's we're going to talk about today, but being your ability to pivot last year was when I made my first major pivot in my business because I decided to look at my numbers and I really cut 
about like 90% of the offerings that I had been selling before to just go all in and focus on one offer. And when I made this pivot, this is when I really decided to establish myself as an authority in one thing, like really owning the fact that I'm a beast and I want to be known for helping underperforming consultants earning less than 5K a month who don't have a list, who don't have a large audience, package a four-figure offer and sell it consistently using live stream video. And that's the thing I want to be known for. I mean, I made that decision mid-2018 and that's when I did a full, like everything in my business changed, but I decided to like pour the gasoline on the fire and go all in on that one thing. And that's the thing, my signature service inside of services that sell. That's the thing I wanted to be known for. That's the thing that I wanted to establish my expertise in, really perfecting, teaching other people how to package an offer, how to position an offer, and how to use live stream video and sales calls to convert four-figure clients. So that's the thing that I went all in on. And making that choice to pivot, I think this is something as you guys are evolving in your business where you have to, like, people say, like, Jay, how do I become an expert? How do I establish myself as an authority? Before other people like get an idea of who you are or what you do, or you're able to like infiltrate their mind and establish a a position in their brain, you have to first decide what it is that you want to be known for. And you have to pick the thing. And so often, more often than not, you're many of us, I know I was like this in the beginning, and you're probably like this right now, is that you're trying to be too many things to too many different people. Like you're scared And there's fear of you making this decision to say, you know what, this is the one thing that I want to establish myself as an authority in. And this is the thing that I want to go all in on and build my reputation on and build my track record on. Like most people, the reason why they never get to a point where they're earning consistent revenue in their business without it feeling like this constant hustle and strain is because they are, maybe you, you have not made the decision to say, this is the thing that I want to be known for. This is the thing that I want to build my reputation on. And it's kind of like thinking about, are you guys familiar with like a spork? Like, you know, those utensils where it's like a fork and a spoon, it's a spork. I hate sporks. (laughs) I hate sporks, mainly because it's a really, really crappy spoon. It's a really, really crappy fork. Like try to eat spaghetti with a spork. Like you will struggle. Try to eat a bowl of cereal with a spork. Like I know I stab the inside of my mouth all the time. Well, I don't say all the time because I never use a spork, but I don't like sporks. And for you, you're probably trying to be a spork right now in your business. Like you're trying to solve, like try to eat a steak with a spork. Seriously, try. You will struggle. Like you might be able to eat cheap food with a spork, right? Like you probably can eat Kraft macaroni and cheese with a spork with no problem. You probably can eat like applesauce with a spork with no problem. But try to eat like some quality calamari with a spork. The struggle is real. Try to eat like a prime like steak with a spork. You will be pissed. Maybe the spork will be able to stab the meat, but more than likely you'll probably break the freaking spork. And this is something that you as a business owner, you have to decide to say, you know what? I'm not going to be a spork today. I'm no longer going to be operating my business and I'm not going to be a spork. I'm not going to try to be the spoon and the fork for everybody's meal. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to be the freaking butter knife. Like I'm going to be the best butter knife in the drawer. I'm going to be like the go-to spoon when it comes to like eating that cereal. There's a point in your business where you have to decide that you no longer want to be a spork and just commit to, are you going to be the fork or are you going to be the spoon? Like you got to just commit. And last year I made that decision. 
what I wanted to commit to and what I wanted to establish my expertise in. So I think that first P of entrepreneurship is you need to know when you need to pivot because there is going to be a season in your business in the very beginning where you're trying to decide and to establish what your expertise is going to be in. Like you may have an idea of the direction that you want to go in and the problem that you want to solve and the services that you want to provide, but it's probably going to take you probably working with a handful of clients before you know how you actually want to position yourself. And that's a really key differentiator is it'll take some time. I'd say normally like three to five clients of you working with before you know how you actually want to position yourself as an expert, how you know, like, Because once you start working with clients, you'll start to be able to get real data, not fake data, which are like the thoughts that you just constantly have in your head. You have to go like you get data that you can actually make real decisions on through taking action and like engaging with real clients and through the process of actually selling your service. Okay, so that's what I decided last year. And once I made the decision to go all in and said that this is the thing that I wanted to be known for, and this is the thing that I wanted to establish my authority on, this thing that I wanted to establish my expertise in, next thing that came up, like the next thing that was very, I don't want to say challenging for me, but the next learning curve for me is that there's just a level of patience that comes when you decide to pivot and pivot in a good way because you're now establishing yourself as this core thing. But You know, when I was making this adjustments in my business, I realized that I had to seek external counsel, meaning that I invested in coaching. I invested in a mastermind group. I invested in hiring new team members. I had to seek external perspectives and external counsel because I was stepping into a territory that was new for me. And I think a lot of the time, if your business is not producing the results that you want, you're just missing information. That's all it is. Like you're just missing information. If you're somewhere right now and you want to get to somewhere else, that gap is just a lack of information. And for you, it might be just a little bit of information that you need for you to make a tremendous, like sometimes you may just need a little nugget or you may need just one piece of information that will help you propel and get to the next level. Or you may have a huge gap where you need a lot of information for you to be able to make the adjustment and get to where you need to be. But it's all about just having the right tools. And So I started investing and I still invest. I'm I'm always investing. But I think something that I really learned or that really cemented for me in the past six months is that when you hire a coach or when you invest and hire an agency or when you invest and join a mastermind, you should not be waiting to make like for the perfect coach or the perfect mastermind or the perfect consultant or the perfect freelancer to come by before you start making moves. Because this is something that I see all the time where I see people in my community or people will email me saying, Jay, you're the next coach I'm going to hire. You're going to be the coach that's going to solve all my problems. Like, I can't wait to work with you, which is I'm flattered by it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not your savior. Okay. There is no such thing as like hiring the perfect coach or hiring the perfect mastermind. It's really just like hiring somebody who you believe will be able to help you discover the informational gap that you have that can help you move to the next level. That's it. Because when you hire anybody, when you hire a coach, when you hire a consultant, even if you hire a team member, they can't do the work for you. Right? Like they cannot and will not do the work for you. And if you do hire somebody that does do the work for you, there's still a level of communication that you have to be able to provide to be able to give them the direction so they can produce what it is that you want them to produce. So there's still a level of personal responsibility that you must take ownership of at all times as you're growing your business. 
If you're hiring a new team member, there's still a level of personal responsibility. Like it's not that you just hire somebody and they come in and like unicorns start flying out of the windows. Like, no, you have to create, like set a tone for your culture. You need to communicate clear expectations. You need to lead and coach and train that employee or that new contractor. Like it's not that people say, oh, I I keep hiring VAs and they all suck. It's not that they suck. It's probably just like you're sucking in your ability to communicate expectations and set parameters and boundaries in a way that they understand that you're communicating in a way that gets the results that you're looking to get. But that was just something that I had to keep reminding myself of this year because I invested in, you know, a high level coaching program that filled the gaps for me that helped me figure out now that I want to evolve and adjust this type of business model, how do I actually start executing that? But as I was going through the program and I'm still going through the program, there will be moments where I'm just like, I bought this. Why aren't my problems solved? (laughs) Right. Or like, you know, I've been investing a lot in paid advertising and I hired an agency to handle my paid ads. And I'm just like, why haven't we figured out the problem yet? Like I'm paying you. Why are we still like not where I want us to be? And one thing that I have got to keep reminding myself is that just like, I can't pay my way to perfection. I can't pay for the results that I want to achieve. Like, it's not that simple. It's not like, you know, I need a new pair of shoes, just go buy a new pair of shoes and you put the shoes on and it's done. Like in a business, it's so much more dynamic than that. And yes, I hope this is making sense, but there's just a level of patience and persistence and perseverance that just has to take place. So one thing for me right now, just I'll be candid, like the the area that we're struggling, I don't want to say struggling with, but the thing that I'm learning right now is up until this point in my business, I have only used organic traffic to convert clients, meaning that I was not running paid ads. I was not doing Facebook ads. I wasn't doing Instagram ads. I wasn't paying for leads. I organically grew my business, which is I think a beautiful thing because that's just how we did it. So getting to the multi six figure mark was just through organic lead generation, people sharing our content, people referring business to us, kind of word of mouth, grapevine type of effect. And this is the first time where we're using money to do paid ads to convert cold leads. So running ads in the marketplace and getting people who don't know who I am to buy my stuff. And it's really interesting because my warm traffic, paid traffic, isn't really converting. or It converts organically, but not through paid ads. And through cold traffic, it's just not converting as fast as I want it to convert. And this is something where I had to sit my little butt down and I have to continue to do this because sometimes, and I know I'm not the only one that has done this or that has thought this, that like, oh, I hired the expert. Why aren't they just getting me my results? It's because it's not that simple. It's not like... It's Jesus himself blessing something and then like, voila, the results come. It's just a level of you have to do the work until it works, right? Like you have to do the work until it works. And I think sometimes I know for me, this is why I have to like unfollow people on Facebook and like unfollow people on Instagram, because when you get caught up into this online business world, I think more specifically, I don't feel like traditional business owners struggle with this as much as at least I've experienced it in the online space. But in the online space, everybody's selling like, here's this framework, here's this little template, here's this blueprint that once you just apply it, everything will be perfect. And like, I'm letting you guys know right now that that's straight bullshit. Excuse the language, we're going there today. It's straight BS because yes, don't get me wrong, it is valuable for you to find a coach or an agency or whoever you hire that does have a proven process. 
but a process is not a quick one and done fix. Okay. Like so often I think, and I fall into this because as I'm evolving in my business and as I'm stepping into new levels of, I'm just stepping into new territories in my business. I'm having to like, you know, really show up as a leader in a larger capacity than what I have been before, which is scary. I'm not going to lie. It is scary sometimes just knowing that knowing that like my role is focusing more on how do I become a better leader and a better coach for my team versus me focusing so much on like the day-to-day of the actual business and being the first point of contact for my customers. My role in my business is evolving. And sometimes I know for me, like, you know, you hire somebody and it's like, okay, like just give me the plug and play. Like I kind of want to play, I want I kind of want to like mad lib my business. Like somebody just give me the mad lib, I'll fill in the words and then I'll be done. And it's like, bro, it's not that simple. So you have to do the work until it works. And you have to like when I say do the work until it works, I don't mean like can run blindly. Like, don't try to pull no bird box. Like, don't just put on no blind and just start running. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> But it's, you have to do the work until it works. And I think sometimes I know for me, I will set very aggressive goals and I set expectations without, you know, as I'm stepping into a new level in my business, I'm setting expectations, sometimes not fully understanding what's required to get that result. And then I'm having to check myself to make sure that just because I may not hit that result or I may not hit that result in the time frame that I expected or that I wanted, it doesn't mean that we're not being successful right now, or it doesn't mean that we're not moving in the right direction. It just may mean that I had the wrong or informed information to make accurate projections about what the expectations were going to be, if that makes sense. So I think that's really important for you as you are evolving into a new level in your business and you're trying to set goals and expectations on where you want to be, just make sure that you are using accurate data and accurate information to set those projections. Support for our show today came from the contract shop. Let me ask you something. Do you feel protected in your business? Like actually hold up in a court of law protected? Like L. Woods protected? When I first started working with clients, I pieced together resources I found on Google to come up with a sorry excuse of a contract template. After signing on a few clients, all hell broke loose. Clients were not showing up to calls, asking for extra things that were not originally agreed upon, and missing payments. I had no idea what I was supposed to say or how I should go about enforcing the boundaries we previously communicated. A legit coaching contract would have prevented all of this foolery from taking place. If you don't have a solid coaching agreement, this is the perfect time for you to visit jerishahoff.com backslash contract to get yourself a contract that protects your business, your bank account, and most importantly, future you. The contract shop provides contract templates and all the legal paperwork you need to run your business well. Within 10 minutes, you'll have the coaching contract template that is customizable to suit your business. It is super easy to add in your own details and you'll feel way more confident knowing your contract has been vetted by someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash contract to get your coaching contract template today. So I know for me, like the biggest thing that we've been learning or that I've been learning right now, and this is just me being frank, I'm a woman of color. I'm black, white, and Puerto Rican. Majority of my buying customers are women of color, meaning they're black, 
they're Indian, they're African, they're Jamaican, they're from the Caribbean. And this is something that was a huge aha moment for me is most of the education that I have received when it comes to me growing my business has been from white men and white women. Okay. And one thing that I am learning is like, there is a difference in how people of color buy compared to how white people purchase. And that's just the reality. Like I'm learning that like it never crossed my mind until this past month, we're starting to run paid ads and I'm looking around me, my coaching program, which is a bunch of white people, for the most part, it's majority of white people, whether they're male or female. And I'm like, how are they getting these results so fast with their paid ads to cold traffic? And why is it taking me longer to crack this nut? And like the aha moment is like, Jay, this is just me being frank, y'all. Like, and this is something that I just think is a reality in the online space. Like there is a difference in how you market and how you run advertising to different demographics. And I think like in the real world, like if I were in corporate America, like, duh, hello, if we look at the Dove commercial, if we look at here in Bedrock, if we look at some of the advertising that happens where it's, you can tell there was not a person of color in the room when they ran that ad and it pissed off all the minorities who watched it. It's like, that's just something that I'm learning from my own business. When I was in corporate America, I could see it in a heartbeat. Like there are different ways that you have to communicate and run your marketing and run your ads if you're trying to appeal to a different demographic. And I'm learning now, like that was so clear as day for me in corporate America, but it did not cross my mind when I got into my online business. I think because when I get into this online space, like I don't know, I'm just, you know, I learn from the best. I learn from people who are killing it in our space. I learn from people who are doing seven and eight figures and I apply the strategies they teach me. And that's the first part, right? Like it's not to say that I'm not getting results. It's just that once I now apply the framework of what, you know, that's been proven by somebody else, I need to also be conscious to say, okay, how do I need to evolve or where do I need to make adjustments or tweaks to make this framework work for me, work for my business and work for my audience. And I don't know, I'm still trying to figure this piece out. It's just something I wanted to share because it never dawned to me that like the way that we run marketing and the way that we run ads may need to be different than what I'm learning from this predominantly white demographic just because like we buy differently. There's different things appeal to different demographics. I don't even know, but that's just something that I'm learning and something that I'm trying to become more conscious of. Like even when I make investments now, in coaching programs, or even when I make investments in ad agencies, or when I make investments in team members, like making sure that I am hiring individuals who are conscious of the culture that I serve is really important to me now. It's something that like, I didn't really think about in the beginning. I don't know. It just didn't cross my mind. And I can definitely tell that that is something that we have to be aware of and conscious of as we continue to move forward and scale the business. Because I don't know. I think otherwise it's just Yeah, that's just something I'm working through and working on right now. I don't know if that makes sense. That's something that I'm working through right now from an advertising and a marketing standpoint. Now that we're using like money to generate leads in our business or money as another form of us generating leads in our business is how does that need to evolve and change? And just even being like recognizing, like I said, that the strategies that I'm learning from other individuals who are doing well, they have completely different demographic of buyers than what I have. So yeah, that's just something you have to be aware of. But I think that it's just a level, again, it's a level of patience, persistence, and perseverance that I have to be intentional on because I know many people, like 
if they were in my boat, they would have quit by now. They would have said, you know what? This doesn't work for me. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And it's not about like, sometimes we just give up too soon. And because our goals are not being met on the timeline that we set versus like, you need to do the work until it works and make sure that you're adequately budgeting that. So like, for me, it's like making sure that you actually have the cash flow to test new marketing strategies in your business. Because it may take two months to get an ROI. It may take three months to get an ROI. If it takes three months to get an ROI, does it mean that the strategy didn't work? No. Just because I had the expectation that I was going to get the ROI in 27 days, it's not that it didn't work. It just means that I may have had misinformation to project what my expectations were going to be of myself. That's it. So it's just important that as you guys are, you know, I know for me at this point right now in my business, it's just I'm being very anal on setting clear boundaries, on measuring and tracking all of the metrics in my business. So I know what we're doing. When we find something that's working, we actually know what is actually working. And that when things don't work, we know what's not working. So we know where to pinpoint the problem area and make adjustments and make changes. But there's like so much of I just want to be frank, especially when we talk about paid advertising is so many people think like I just start running paid ads. I can make a crap ton of money. And it's not that simple. Once you start running ads to figure out what copy, what images, what ads actually connect with the potential buyers that you want to work with, that you ultimately want to convert. And that testing time takes time and patience and money to be able to properly test. So, I mean, that's something that like, you know, for me, I give myself like a four month runway and made sure that my business had the cash flow to sustain that four months of just testing. Like we're just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. We want to know what ads work, what ads don't work, what copy works, what copy doesn't work, like what messaging, what positioning works for a cold audience. Cause that's a different audience and who I've attracted, you know, that I've sold to than, than what I have been doing up until this point in my business. And so often many of us, as we're growing through our business, that there's a level of patience that has to come with that. As you're growing in your business, you have to give yourself time to actually test. You have to give yourself time to test the positioning and see what works and measure that data before you say, you know, I implemented this and it doesn't work. It's like, bro, you didn't even try it long enough to even see if it worked. We can be so impatient. And it's like, you forget that like you are building a business, a like ever evolving ridiculously dynamic entity that did not exist before it popped into your head and you took action on it. Like don't give up so soon. Or like somebody said, well, I did a launch and I didn't make any money. This stuff didn't work. It's like, bruh, nobody knew who you were three weeks ago. Like you need to keep going. Like stop being so impatient. Like impatience will make you poor, period. Impatience will make you poor. And there's just, you can't, like you have got to have a level of patience as you're growing your business and persistence to keep doing the work until it works, like finding out like, yes, follow a proven process and a proven framework. Cause I'd rather start where somebody left off versus starting at ground zero. Right. But then you have to learn how, okay, I've implemented this process, implemented this framework. And based off the data, I may need to tweak this little thing here or tweak this little thing here. Like that's just what's required. Like, and you have to keep persevering. And I think the most important P for entrepreneurs is are you in a position where you are profiting? Like sales, if you have got to be earning money, you have got to be selling. Grant Cardone says this all the time. Like sales is a contact sport. 
And if you are not making money, like that should be the primary, primary, primary concern of yours in the beginning stages of your business. You need to make money. Like so often we have so many clients who come to services that sell where they have spent a year, two years learning how to make content, focusing on their branding, trying to make a pretty website. Like they've made 15,000 opt-in offers, still ain't got nobody on their list. Jay, like I've been doing all of this work. Why am I broke? Because you ain't sold nothing. You don't have an offer. You don't have anything to sell. Or maybe you have a ton of stuff to sell, but you have no idea how to communicate the value of that offer in a way that somebody else will understand. And you don't know how to close a conversation. You be throwing out all these seeds, but you don't know how to harvest the seeds. Like you have got to learn how to sell. And like, period, if you don't know how to sell, you ain't going to survive in this world. You just not. You won't. Like you have got to learn how to close. You have got to learn how to sell. You have got to learn how to create consistent contact so you can close and convert clients so you can generate money. Like people say, Jay, how do I prove my concept of idea? Like how do I prove the idea that I have in my head to see if it'll work? Go sell it to a stranger or even to a friend. If your mama or your grandma is the only person that says, you know, baby, I believe in you and they're not even willing to pay for it. Go sell the thing. That is proof of concept is when you can actually earn money off the idea that you have. Go sell the thing. Like, yeah, you have got to be paying attention to your numbers. Like if you have been in a position where you've gone the last three months, the last six months and you ain't made no money. I mean, I'm just having that dramatic pause because I just want y'all to reflect on that for a moment. Like you need to go sell. And so often, like this is why services that sell exists, because I know most of you, you know how to serve. You know how to deliver results. You know how to support your client. You know what your client needs, but you have no idea how to sell the thing. This is why you need to enroll in services that sell, period, because you don't know how to sell. And it's not a bad thing. Like I said before, it's just you may be missing information. Like you just may be missing information. Follow a proven process. Implement the process. Package your offer and start selling the freaking thing. Let me digress. Like I'm getting hot because you ain't got no money. You're not making no money. And you're wondering, like, why am I broke? You ain't sold nothing. Jay, I don't know what's wrong. I can tell you what's wrong. I can tell you very simply, you are not creating consistent opportunities for somebody to buy from you. Or if you are, it is very, very difficult to purchase from you. It shouldn't be that complicated. Like, and if you are using these, like, advanced or complicated sales funnels and sales tactics. And you can't even, I I get that you may understand the concept because you're smart. I get that you're smart enough to understand how to create a sales funnel or how to follow somebody else's framework to put together a, a really complicated sales funnel with sales pages and email sequences and webinars. I know that you're capable of doing it. However, if you do not have the capacity to execute that strategy consistently and seamlessly Go find a simpler strategy that will make it easier for you to sell your services and collect money until you get to a point where you have the cash flow and you have the money and you have the capacity to apply more complicated strategies. But until then, don't do it. Why? Because you broke. Like you're not making no money. You're not converting clients. You're not selling. And it should not take you six months to set up a funnel and write out the email sequences and the sales pages and all the things before you can sell. Like create a, this is why services that sell is so powerful. It's literally two steps. Facebook live sales call close. That's it. Ain't no emails. 
Ain't no blog posts you got to do. Ain't no websites you got to create. Ain't no sales pages you got to write. Ain't no copywriters you got to hire. Live stream video. Get them on a call. Collect payment. That is it. Focus on how you can consistently sell your services before you try to put together a passive sales funnel that you don't even have the full capacity or the know-how to even implement. Okay, let me digress. But these have been big things that I've been really learning over the past six months is that like, you know, I've been scaling back so I can scale up. I've been having to exercise a different level of patience. I've been having to, you know, just continue to do the work until it works rather than like, I've been doing this for two months. I'm not getting the results I want as fast as I want. So I'm going to quit. That's a bad mindset to have in business. Because like, what if it takes you six months to figure it out? Is it worth it? Like, yeah. Like, I know once I crack this code, we're going to put gasoline on the fire. Like, my goal is to take services that sell to seven figures in the next 18 months. So, like, who cares if it takes me, like, that's my goal. But who cares if it were to take me 24 months to get to seven figures? Or what happens if it took me two and a half years to get to seven figures? Like, is that a fail? Like, no. It's just, like, sometimes we can be so impatient that we will, like, pull the plug before we've even really, like, done our due diligence to, like, do whatever's required and make it work. So yeah, somebody asked the question, I, I surround myself with seven to eight figure earners. How did I connect with these people while I was still in corporate or after? One thing, like I'm really glad you asked this question because I think that this also ties in with this is that I pay for access, period. I pay for access to circles and to people that I do not have in my regular sphere, in my regular environment. I pay for access. And I know recently I've heard a lot of people saying, well, Jay, like, why aren't more people being mentors? Why aren't more people like just, you know, sharing their advice for free? Like, why is it so hard for me to find a mentor? That mentor don't owe you nothing. Like, let's be real. Like, let's be real. Like, let's be all the way real. Somebody who's earning seven or eight figures, like, one, they're busy. They got their own objectives. They're on their own path. Like, they're doing their own thing. And just because they're not mentoring you does not mean they're not mentoring somebody else. But like, why should they just go mentor you for free? For what? I'm not saying that free mentors aren't out there. But like, when you really think about it, like there's different ways to get access to those types of people without it being paid. But like at the core of it all, those people don't owe you nothing. Successful people don't owe you nothing. And like, it irks me because there's a community here in Detroit where they're just like, I don't get why the upper echelon of our city in Detroit don't give back to younger people here. And I'm like, it's not that they don't give back. They choose who they choose to mentee. You know, they choose who they want to mentor to. But like, who are you? Like, why are you sitting here mad because they didn't choose you? Did you pay to get in the room? Like, it blows my mind because I know people have been coming at me like, Jay, you don't mentor enough. Bruh, you don't know who I talk to on a daily basis. You don't know who I choose to mentor. And if I'm teaching you how to make money and that's my livelihood, this is important, okay? This is important. If you are trying to find a mentor from somebody who makes a living teaching that information. So for example, my livelihood, the way I pay my bills, the way my dog gets fed and gets groomed, the way that you know I live my life is teaching people how to sell. So if somebody hits me up saying, Jay, I want you to mentor me for free so I can teach you how to sell, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy. Why? That's my livelihood. Like if I have a service that can be bought so you can learn that thing, you need to go pay for that access, period. 
And I'm just saying that there's a sense of entitlement that exists from individuals saying, I want to mentor in this area or why won't people mentor me? Why should they? All you doing is complaining about how you ain't got no mentors. Like go make moves, go shake something. I pay for my access. I pay for access, period. Whether it's time or whether it's money, you pay for access. And if you think like, I call them my personal board of directors. I have about eight or nine mentors. Some of them I did not pay to have access to, okay? So I do have mentors that, you know, but I won't say I didn't pay. Yes, I did, because I did pay to get in the room. I paid $70,000 to get an engineering degree to work at the company that I worked for. And that's what got me three or four of the mentors that I have. I paid for access. I paid for my education. I paid my time just to get into that company. And when I got into that company, I made it a point. Like I was hustling. I was on people's calendars. I was having lunch. Like I took the time to make sure that I was worthy of even being noticed. Average people are not like nobody remembers ordinary people. Nobody remembers average Joe Schmoes. Like I spent a year and a half at that company making sure that I was visible, that I was putting points on the board so people could see that like, oh, she's about her business. It will not be a waste of my time to have lunch with her. That is how I had access when I was in corporate America. After corporate America, I paid for access because I didn't know who to go to. I didn't have friends in my circle that were earning seven figures building a business that I wanted to build. And in this day and age, you guys all have access to mentorship. Like so many of the people that you admire and that you look up to create free content, create like crazy. People say, Jay, I'm waiting for you to be my mentor. I'm like, go listen to my podcast. Go watch my Facebook live videos. Like join my Facebook group. Like I create a ton of content. I can be your mentor now without you paying me. Now, if you want to learn the exact things I teach on how to sell, you do have to pay for that framework. But like, that's just what it is. That is just what it is. So, and for me, it's worth like every mentor that I've had that's directly impacted the bottom line in my business. I paid to have access to that room. So I either paid to join the coaching program so I could have access to the caliber of people that would be in that program. I paid for the course or for the, like whatever the coaching, like I said, to have access to their brain so they could help me. I paid to have access to attend the conference or to the attend the event. Like I pay for my access, both in time and both in money. I'm not going to meet Steve Jobs accidentally running around the streets. Just won't. I mean, I could, but I mean, like I'd rather like, you know, or Sarah Blakely is somebody I love. I paid access to attend an event that she would be speaking at. Like a lot of my mentors, I paid access to be in the room. And then once I was in the room, I was intentional on building the relationships or building the connections. Or before I made an ask, I made sure to like, and I invested in them. I'd buy their book. I'd buy their shirt. I'd buy whatever it was that they were selling so I could even get on their radar. And then I would intentionally put myself in a room that they were in one or two times before I made an ask. Like pay, like that's just it. If you want to be around a higher caliber of individuals that you currently don't have access to, one, you have access to the free resources that those people put out. Two, like pay to be in the room that those people are in. And that's just the reality of it. That is just the reality of it. Whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in a group environment, like it doesn't matter. And so many people are like, well, I need one-on-one support. Like, why are you some special unicorn where you need one-on-one support? Half the time you don't even know what your question is. Like you can learn a lot by being in a group of other individuals. Like just, I'd focus on pay to have access to get in the room, whether it's virtually, whether it's in person, 
whatever it is, you pay for access. And like, that is just the reality of it. Like, that's just the reality of it. You pay for access in any world, in any environment, in any space. Like you pay to have access. So that's what I got for y'all today. That's just what's on my heart. That's what I've been working through. That's what I've been learning over the past few months. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye, y'all. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show. And to show my thanks, I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. <laughs> but I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit jerishahawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon.